We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Welcome back to another episode of Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast where I, your host Alex, rotate in discussing true crime cases, paranormal experiences, haunted locations, online conspiracy theories, folklore, cryptids, and a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you, and more than likely, the person that's responsible for cleaning out the reindeer stables at the end of December, a weird distraction from everyday life. I hope everybody has been having a wonderful, festive holiday season season. And before we dive into this week's episode, I don't have any housekeeping this week, so that's that's great. But I need to tell you what I need a distraction from, and then we'll dive right into the episode, I promise. My need for a distraction this week was one that I meant to mention last week, but after I was done recording, I was like, ah, damn it, I forgot to even bring up my beef with Ticketmaster. That is right, folks. Damn Ticketmaster is costing me an arm and a leg, and I'm not happy about it. So my need for distraction is the fact that I went through not one but two stressful pre-sales in 2022 for concerts in 2023. And I just don't understand why Ticketmaster has the audacity, the upfront audacity to charge as much as they do for service processing fees. What I'm sorry, what, what, are, what are you all doing? during pre-sale? Just making sure that nothing burns down? Because honestly, the most stressful, stressful ticket buying situation in my entire life And I didn't have any staff from Ticketmaster helping me out. It's not like I was in a store looking to buy a ticket. I was all online, so I don't, I don't know. I, I just have beef and I just have big beef right now with Ticketmaster. I am very excited that I am fortunate enough to go to two concerts in 2023. I am stoked, um, but I am already financially unstable now for those concerts, and they haven't even happened yet. So that is my need for distraction. If anyone else has recently had to deal with Ticketmaster um, and just the hoorah, hootenanny bullshit they have bestowed upon many, many, many of us, then let me know. I would love to talk trash about them behind the scenes, if at all possible. Now that that's out of the way, I think it's time to get into this week's distraction and just forget about Ticketmaster and the fact that everything is so freaking expensive. When it comes to Christmas time, there is nothing more memorable or iconic than seeing your local mall decorate for the holiday season. There is either a made-up North Pole smack down the center of the building or nearby the food court, where workers will dress up as elves to direct you to sit on some stranger's lap, dress as Santa for an overpriced photo. Well, maybe it's a memorable thing for some as opposed to others. To celebrate Christmas this year, I figured it would be fun to discuss six mall Santa scandals that I found online. And what originally was meant to be kind of like fun and light, it kind of became weird and dark very, very fast. Due to potential coarse language, discussions of child abuse, violence, and other adult themes, listener discretion is advised. Our first Bad Santa story takes place within the United Kingdom. Back in 2012, the Kennett family, consisting of Mother Wendy, Father Stephen, and their children, 
being 10-year-old Ryan, 7-year-old Amy, and 6-year-old Katie, went to Notcutt's Garden Center in Newham Courtenay. The family had went to go see Santa at the Garden Center's festive event on what seemed to be an average Saturday. I know it's not a mall Santa per se, but it's basically the same vibe. Anyways, reports claim that as the wee Kennett children told Santa they had been good kids this year, Santa had a very interesting response. According to an Oxford Mail article, this Santa replied to the children, quote, Well, there are bad people in the world and bad things happen, like what happened to those children in America, end quote. This Santa was allegedly referencing the Sandy Hook school shooting, which took place in Newton, Connecticut, literally days before this interaction. A total of 20 children died in this incident. As if referencing a traumatic real-life event wasn't bad enough, this Santa reportedly then told Ryan, the eldest child, that Santa wasn't real. Needless to say, the parents weren't happy, and Santa was let go of this position. No charges were laid, and I do want to emphasize that it wasn't clear if the Santa really was hinting at the Sandy Hook school shooting or perhaps something else, but this is just a good reminder to anyone listening, aspiring to be a mall Santa, maybe just stick to a festive script. Our next mall Santa story is a little bit on the, uh, the dark side, if you will. Now, I've never been in a position to hire a mall Santa, or anyone for that matter. However, one would assume that if you're looking to hire someone who will probably be around children for a long period of time, that person should probably have a clear background check. Unfortunately, not all background checks will show everything you need to know, which brings us to our next mall Santa. This story is from Gatineau, Quebec, aka my homeland of Canada. Back in 2013, then 78-year-old Lawrence Doris was facing six charges related to the sexual assault of five victims aged 9 to 15 between the dates of November 2012 and August 2013. And yes, he was once a mall Santa. According to a Ottawa Sun article written by Doug Hempstead, one of those charges is related to a claim that a child was inappropriately touched while sitting in Santa's chair at the local Gatineau Mall. Turns out, Lawrence reportedly worked for an agency which hired and placed Santa Claus performers in malls and events. A criminal background check was requested, went through, and came back clean, which may be due to an actual clean record. Because up until 2013, Lawrence didn't have any charges from my understanding. However, once Lawrence was charged, nine more people came forward with allegations against him with accusations dating back to 1982. Out of the nine people, five proceeded to press charges. In quoting a CBC News article, by 2015, Lawrence pled guilty to sexual interference and invitation to sexual touching in relation to a child in 2013. He also pled guilty to four historic charges, two counts of gross indecency, one count of indecent assault on a male, and one count of invitation to sexual touching involving two children from the 1980s. Lawrence would be sentenced to 30 months in prison, and that is all I kind of have on him, so... Yeah, mall Santa's. Sketchy, to say the least. We're back in the UK with the next bad mall Santa. This one taking place 
at an East London mall back in 2014. The story begins with a man named Eugene Henning visiting said mall in East London, minding his own business, when all of a sudden, he was approached by the mall Santa. This mall Santa told Eugene that he needed to leave the mall immediately, as Eugene's presence was interrupting him, according to a Biz News article. Plot twist, this mall Santa was Eugene's former son-in-law, Gary Rush. Gary didn't like that Eugene was on his temporary holiday turf and proceeded to allegedly hit Eugene. Charges were pressed, and the two took things to the courts where Gary alleged that Eugene was stalking him in the mall. Based on what I gathered, Gary, who worked as a local magician for many, many years, would have the charges against him dropped. They were dropped under the condition that Gary agreed to not send any cell phone text messages to his ex-wife, being Eugene's daughter, or make any derogatory comments to or about her. Too bad Gary couldn't make himself disappear. Perhaps then he wouldn't have had to deal with any of this happening. Our next Santa, being Santa number four, is from Florida. And I'm just gonna say that Florida mall Santas are already their own breed of weird in my mind. Why? Because any story that comes from that state is absolutely buck wild and downright concerning. Which, no offense to any of my listeners from Florida, but are you guys okay? Please blink twice. Please let me know if you're okay. Back in 1992, then 32-year-old Pablo Garcia was hired to play Santa Claus at the Dandeland Mall located in Kendall, Florida. His time at the mall was cut short when he sexually assaulted a five-year-old girl. In a direct quote from a South Florida Sun Centennial article, quote, After her visit with Santa Claus on Saturday, the mother's girl asked her daughter what she had asked Santa to bring her for Christmas. After responding, the girl asked her mother, why was Santa touching me here? Referring to her vaginal area, said Metro Day detective Bill Kinnebrew, the girl's mother and father went back to confront Garcia. A fight nearly broke out between them, but the mall's Christmas elf characters intervene, Kinbrew said. I wasn't able to find out much more about the incident, nor whether Pablo served time for the crime, but boy oh boy does he ever deserve a spot on this list and probably some other publicly known lists if you catch my drift. Now our next Santa will bring us back to Canada. And in a weird twist, it's the one that was actually a serial killer. Bruce MacArthur may ring a bell to some folks who are well-versed in Canadian crime cases. For those who don't know, Bruce is a murderer who was active between 2010 and 2017 and was reportedly responsible for the disappearance and murder of eight men within Toronto, Ontario. Bruce primarily targeted men who were a part of the LGBTQ community and was known to frequent the gay village neighborhood of Toronto, aka the church in Wellesley area. Now, I have heard of Bruce's case many times before. But what I didn't seem to remember was that Bruce himself worked as a mall Santa. In a direct quote from a Vice article, quote, MacArthur's Facebook profile indicates he was a Santa Claus at Scarborough's Agen Court Mall for at least 2015-2016 through an Instagram photo of a mall goer appears to show him playing the role of Santa this past Christmas. In 2015, he posted a photo of himself with the caption, back in the Santa chair for another year. End quote. Bruce would be arrested on January 18th of 2018 and found guilty of eight counts of first-degree murder. He would be sent to Millhaven Prison located in Bath, Ontario, where he is to be serving a life sentence. Now on to our sixth and final Mall Santa story. When doing my research, this story out of Winnipeg, Manitoba continued to pop up. That and many, many Mall Santas who are arrested for sexually abusing minors That was an unfortunate theme I didn't think I was going to see. 
Anyways, our last mall, Santa, didn't do anything illegal, and it seems like they were just caught up in some weird prank. According to reports back in late November, there were videos and photos circulating online of a Santa Claus being handcuffed by security guards at a Cadillac Fairview Polo Park mall. With probably worried parents given the previously mentioned theme with mall Santas, probably super concerned that something bad had happened or that maybe he had sexually abused a child, the mall actually spoke out to clear the air. In a direct quote from a Winnipeg CTV News article, quote, On behalf of our team at CF Polo Park, we'd like to personally apologize to our guests, community, and families for a misguided and unfortunate moment as it relates to our Santa experience at the property. To be clear, Santa has not been removed from the property and there has been no wrongdoing. Any depiction of an arrest was done in jest by the center's staff and was an error in their judgment. End quote. For once, we have a mall Santa that didn't do anything wrong, but this is just a reminder that some pranks aren't worth doing. Period. Full stop. Now to wrap up this week's Weird Distractions episode. I hope I didn't depress you all with some of these wild, weird mall Santa scandals shared today. I know this episode format wasn't like typical episodes I've done, so let me know if you've enjoyed it or not. I will be back in the new year with some more weird distractions, true crime cases, haunted hotspots, conspiracy theories, and more. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in this year and supported the show. It truly means a lot to me, and obviously I wouldn't be doing this without all of you. Please have a safe holiday season, stay well, and stay weird. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming the show on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. This helps the show out for free by letting others know that it's worth listening to. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an update is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and TikTok. If you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month, why not join one of the two tiers over on Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content such as bonus episodes and series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early access to the regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to patreon.com slash WeirdDistractI podcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Susan, Shadow, Courtney, Jennifer, and Cheryl. I love you all and appreciate your ongoing support of Weird Distractions. If you're unable to support the show on a monthly basis but still want to support it maybe as a one-time donation, check out the show's merch over on Redbubble or sign up for a one-time donation over on Buy Me a Coffee. Lastly, I want to hear from you. As some longtime listeners may recall, Christy and I released two listener story-based episodes called Listener Distractions. I'd love to keep doing this series and hear all of your weird tales of ghostly encounters, unexplainable events, and too close to home true crime stories. You can email me your tales at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections that need to be made after today's episode, let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.